I served 10 years in the Australian Army and half of that with the uh, Special Forces Commandos uh, based out of Sydney. Uh, during that time, I, um, I got to serve with the most amazing, highly trained people under, uh, under great leadership. And I also got to serve my country on two deployments to Afghanistan. And um, I was exposed to what I call the trauma triangle on my second trip really early, and uh, which included uh, being blown up in, in, a, uh, in a Bushmaster with an IED uh, device. And um, after my trip, I sort of developed post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms and uh, subsequently discharged from the military. Um, skip forward uh, 10 years from, from that incident and, and working on my own self-care and, and um, my PTSD. In 2018, I found myself in, uh, in a bad spot after, uh, after some unforeseen events, which, which led me to um, being uh, homeless for, for a number of months, and, and that was uh, unexpected. And um, when, when that happened, we formed Invisible Injuries with the Special Forces Commandos based out of uh, Sydney. During that time, I got to work with the most uh, highly trained and an amazing bunch of uh, blokes and um, under great leadership. And I also had the opportunity to, uh, to have two deployments and, and, and do the job for real um, on, in Afghanistan in 2007 and 2009. Uh, during my second trip, uh, I was exposed earlier on in the trip to what I call the trauma triangle. And uh, one of those incidences was when I got blown up in our vehicle by an uh, by an IED, an improvised explosive device, which I um, you know, I'm fortunate to have survived. Um, finishing that tour, um, I started to develop some symptoms of uh, PTSD, which I hadn't um, acknowledged or or really thought about too much about at the time, um, which subsequently led to me being medically discharged from the military. Um, earlier on in the piece, I, um, I sought help early once I finally um, recognised that something needed attention and got the help I needed and, and learned how to navigate my way around mental health and where to go quite early. But it's not without its ups and downs and 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 doing the work. So fast forwarding to 2018, I thought I was in a good spot and um, uh, a, a series of unforeseen events happened all at once and it culminated at the end of 2018 where we, we lost our family home and, and, we're, um, and, and, and our life savings. And um, yeah, we ended up being homeless for, for uh, a number of months and we were sort of camping at the back below sort of what they call the poverty line. And it was something that I didn't ever think I would be um, in that position, uh, Jenny, um, at that time and out of that adversity um, was when my wife and I had the idea to uh, start Invisible Injuries, which uh, documented my uh, my recovery plan from being in a really dark spot. Um, it documented the different um, resources that were available locally and also included sharing my story to my peers um, once we started doing that it was about finding other people like me who'd been in a dark spot and then sharing their yarns and their story so that our audience could actually um, take these different tips and tricks and 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 
connect with different parts of people's stories and then use it in their own self-care plan. Um, last year, we ended up doing a PTSD and national awareness campaign um, in, in rural and remote areas and talking about mental health as mental health ambassadors. And uh, now we've just relocated here to Perth and, and sort of starting all over again. When returning back into normal life, how does it affect our veterans with their loved ones and families? Is it hard to focus? Oh, oh, totally. Yeah, totally. So the first part of that question there, Jenny, was is that when most people think about homelessness, they get this preconceived idea or this idea that, you know, they look at the rough end of the scale of someone sleeping on the street, um, really doing it rough. Um, and that is an extreme end of it, you know, which I, I don't wish anyone to be in that, that position because it would be really rough. But there's other levels as well. So homelessness is, is like a benchmark and a gauge about where people think uh, would be the poverty line. And so, you know, there's the secondary type of homelessness where people might be couch surfing or moving from place to place and there's no real fixed area. And then there's that tertiary on which what happened to us in our, at the end of 2018 when we lost our, our family home. We were uh, like camping um, in tents trying to, you know, for a few few months over that sort of um, that Christmas and holiday period, not out of choice, but because we didn't have a home to go to at the time. And, um, you know, that was, that was quite difficult. And I think for, for veterans um, that might be even even experiencing mental health issues, finding yourself in a, in a homeless position where you wouldn't even think, um, you know, wouldn't have even thought that you might even get there or how you'd get there, um, but you are, it is a serious blow to um, adding to all those other compounding effects of having to, one, deal with your own mental health issues and or financial issues that can be associated with yeah. that. Yes. And, then, and then trying to find that security of, you know, finding a, a, a roof over your head and for your family as well. Yes. Can you tell us where Australians go to get special help? Because there must be a lot of veterans out there that don't say nothing, you know? Mm, I, I think, yeah. So, yeah, firstly, I will get to that. And that's a great question to ask, Jenny. I think the big one there is, you know, veterans are, you know, very proud people because they've, they've done what they've done in, in their service and I thank them for that. Uh, but it's that whole edge of when people, you know, have that mindset and this is, is about awareness, is having that mindset of someone else is doing it harder than me so I'm not going to put my hand up when I need help until it's almost too late. And I think that, you know, people, there's services out there that, that can help. One of them is what we're doing. You know, we can, you can contact us if you're out there and, and, and we can point you in the right direction or connect you up with um, services that are available locally in your area. Um, and, and alternatively as well, there's, there's lots of RSLs and there's the stigma behind that, but the, the, the RSL sub-branch, and this is the sub-branch, um, can be contacted because they do have a, a welfare um, team that allows for um, for for emergency accommodation. So at least then you can come up and surface to breathe and take a breather to to try and find out what will be the next steps moving forward. You know that helps with the mental health as well as um, organisations like Homeless Heroes who that's specifically what they're doing. Um, if if you want to be able to contribute to some of the other um, charities that are out there. Um, 
there's an organisation that we're partnered with as a charity, as a partner charity, that it's called Classics for a Cause. Now, what they do is they have monthly giveaways of muscle cars that have been done up or different types of vehicles, and you go into the the lottery for these giveaways, and and uh, they have a number of charities that receive donations for them so that they can actually uh, facilitate their uh, charitable cause. So ours is supporting uh, veterans with PTSD and, and mental health issues and first responders. And then there's other ones out there as well doing great jobs for, um, for, for people, especially those who are homeless, like I did mention just before, um, Jenny. Yes. And, um, you, you know, Andy, you know, when, once they find out that they have PTS, you know, mm. how long does it last can they, can oh, look, they I get think over it? That's a great question as well. And, and this is the way that I like to think think of it, Jenny, is, is that PTSD, uh, and like our uh, logo says, with invisible injuries, it's an invisible injury. And it might not be a physical one, but it's, it's an injury nonetheless. And if I can use, say, something like a, a physical injury as my example, um, just say I was uh, playing footy and, and I did my knee. And um, and I had an operation on my knee, and then I did the rehabilitation to to get it to a point. Now I could, my knee could be rehabilitated to a certain point where I can go about my my daily business again. In this case, get on the field to play the game, but then it's always going to be susceptible to recurrence. And and that in in the case of what happens with uh, uh, PTSD and mental health is that you could be triggered in some way that triggers you, it might be a sight, a smell, a sound or a series of actions or something that you might be a crowded area that triggers this action like an injury again and then you can find yourself in a dark spot very quickly. So, you know, that's, I think you can work on it and it's a constant, um, it's a constant thing to be able to keep working on your own mental health with your self-care plan and specialist network, however not that might look for you. And also with the help of immediate support, you know, you don't want to be able to do it alone. It's, it's really difficult to do that. And, um, yeah, it, it is prone to occurrence, recurrence, but mm. if you have tools, you can, um, you, you know, get yourself out of the weeds. Are people joining up to go to war now because of what's happening in the world? If we talk about the statistics for, for uh the, the homeless, the, the veterans that are sort of doing it rough. Um, the Classics had done an independent study. Um, they got an independent um, researcher to do some studies and, and the, the results were alarming. You know, it was quite disturbing that six out of 10 of the, the veterans interviewed, the, the respondents said that they sleep rough on a most frequent accommodation state. So that's, you know, on the, either the primary or secondary state. Um, and one in five veterans are experiencing some form of mental health issues, including PTSD, in that first four years of transition. You know, it can be a difficult thing to transition from being in a, in a military setting to uh, back to civilian life. So it's, it is quite, quite high. And then, and then that last part is, look, if, if I had my time again with what's going on in the world as, as a young fella, you know, I always look back on my service um, fondly. It was, it was one of the, the best things I ever did besides the, the mental health stuff that occurred. And, uh, you know, if, if what's happening in the world at the moment um, is go, anything to go by, I'd sign up again and do it all over again, you know, um, if I was that 
if I was a younger younger fella able to <laughs> go out there and, and do things without any other um, commitment. I think that's what a lot of um, soldiers around the world now are doing, signing up, out of, coming out of retirement and signing up and supporting the mm. Ukraines, you know, and what's happening is very sad and, you oh. know, we we you know, we have a lot of a lot of PTS, and I think we need to take care of them and look after them because they 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 are our heroes, you know, looking after our country. I've got n- nothing but respect for for the current serving and the veterans and the first responders that are out there. I would like to just take use this moment to, to to thank them for their service. You know, I think they do a great job both domestically and overseas. Thank you very much for your service. I just wanted to thank all of our First Nations peoples um, that have served or or currently serving or are veterans. I think that the job that they've done is absolutely amazing. In particular, the the, the crew out of the the you know um, North Force, uh, Far North Queensland Regiment, the Pilbara Regiment. There's a lot of Indigenous uh, members uh, in in the Defence Force. I'm talking about those three, but like ones throughout the whole Defence Force, and they do a fantastic job. Of, of really defending our country and doing what they're doing, uh, both here domestically and overseas. And I really want to tip my hat to all the uh, Indigenous uh, listeners out there um, on the station today um, that would have either served or are currently serving. I want to thank you for your service as well. Thank you very much. And I would like to say thank you. And uh, Andy, you have a beautiful day and God bless. Thank you very much, Jenny. You're welcome.